0: Today on Locked On Horn Frogs, the roller coaster of a season continues for TCU basketball. Disappointment against KU on Monday night. We'll talk about that next. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. I am your host, uh, Steve Simcox. Appreciate you joining me today just audio this, uh, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening. Sorry. I recorded a video late last night and the internet was not kind to me or my, my Wi-Fi was not kind to me. Um, and so I lost the recording. I'll be back up on YouTube tomorrow. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you haven't, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Frogs fall to KU last night, 63 to 58. TCU loses to Kansas to drop to seven and eight in conference play. Great atmosphere there in Charlemagne Arena. I thought the crowd did a great job. I thought the students did a great job, had the white Funky Town t-shirts. KU had some fun with that. I saw some of the guys snatched a few of those t-shirts on their way out. Ugly basketball game. um, It's sort of a weird pace to this one. I mean, felt like TCU was in it from start to finish, but every time they would kind of get close, I mean, they took a four-point lead about midway through the first half. Jacoby Coles hit a big three. Um, they would cut it to one. They would tie the game a few times in the second half. But every time they would do that, KU would kind of go on a run. However, they had opportunities, you know, down two, down through with the ball in their hands with less than two minutes to go. Mike Miles and Damian Ball, who both had tough nights shooting the basketball, trying to get to the rim. Uh, really physical basketball game. I, I saw people complaining about the refs. I understand that. I think Damian Ball especially, like he got hacked going to the rim when they were down three late in that one. Um, But overall, I just felt like, honestly, they let the teams play both ways. And so I I didn't come away from that game just super infuriated about the jobs that the Zebras did. I'm also just careful to not blame officials for for losses because I think it's an an easy way out. But um, Mike Miles, 4 of 14. Damian Ball, 4 of 16. Both guys struggled to shoot. Everybody really struggled to shoot except for Jacoby Coles, who I'd like to see take some more shots because he's got a lot of confidence. Late in games, this team has to figure out something. I don't know exactly what the answer is, but it just feels like they play iso ball at the top of the key. You know, somebody bring a ball screen up here. Let's try to go to work getting downhill. And I I just – Coach Dixon, we we have to be more creative with some set plays, with some action, or the players themselves just have to take it upon themselves – to move the ball around more. I mean, I was yelling at the TV last night in both instances. Um, one was when Damian Ball was getting the ball screen. One was when Shahade Wells did. But kick it back to Jacoby Coles. He's sitting there at the three-point line. He's got an open look. If he somebody closes out on him, maybe you can swing the basketball. You know, make Kansas defend all five players. Don't just get caught up and bogged down in one guy has to be the hero and has to go make the play. I also thought on offense last night, that the team got just way too obsessed with getting on the break. And it's a fine line to walk because you don't want to rein that in completely because that's what this group does well. They run the floor really well. Um, and so I understand the need to like, hey, we, we got to do this. We got to run the floor and um, be a team that gets after it. But it, it just felt like there were so many contested layups there were so many trips where it was like one guy dribbling into two or three defenders, um, and I felt like it just it really hurt them you know, and, and missed some opportunities during the game where they had chances to come back. Kansas didn't play great. Now, their defense was outstanding. I thought De'John Harris and Kevin uh, McClure did a great job defensively um, on, on the TCU backcourt. But overall, that was a winnable game, and that's why it's frustrating to me is it was a game where you didn't play well he shot like 30% from the field. But if you told me before the game that Jalen Wilson would only has seven points and that you would really hold Kansas down with the exception of Grady Dick, who had a nice night shooting the basketball, uh, I would have felt pretty good about that. But here is here's the you know the thing about KU. That's the type of game that they win. Like it it's frustrating. They it's tough that they they've won so many titles. I know people get tired of them, but that's the type of game on the road. They didn't play super well, especially offensively, and a lot of teams would drop that one. But they found a way to make the plays. It felt like every 50-50 ball went Kansas's way last night, which part of that was just, you know, bad bounces. But I think also some of it has to be a credit to the way they were hustling out there throughout the contest. But this is, I mean, at the end of the day, you lose even at home to a top three team in the country. That's not a bad loss. It's understandable. It's explainable. It's not hurting your tournament chances or anything like that. However, it's just a missed opportunity, the way that Kansas struggled to score points, that TCU wasn't able to find a way to win that basketball game. And this is the issue that I've had all year when people talk about making a deep run. I hope that's the case. I think they can definitely be a matchup problem for teams with their athleticism, with the way they get up and down the floor. But just the details don't always click with this group. They they shoot free throws poorly, frequently. Um, you know, they don't shoot the ball well from three. And it's just sort of a night-to-night situation on what what kind of execution you're going to get on the offensive side of the floor. And so that's what gives me pause when I'm projecting out throughout the rest of the year. Because, I mean, I would love for this team to be the bulldozer that everybody thinks they're going to be. And I think they have the opportunity to do that. You still have some time to get right. You, you know, it's only your second game with everybody at full strength again. Um, but the clock's also kind of ticking here. You're coming up on the end of the regular season, the Big 12 tournament. You need to win, I think, two, but definitely one more of these regular season games to assure yourself a spot in the NCAA tourney. And then you kind of go from there. But on the road in Lubbock taking on a Texas Tech team that is surging as of late on Saturday at 11, and then uh, Texas and Oklahoma to close out the Big 12 slate. But TCU, unfortunately, they fall to um, Kansas 63-58 to last night. And uh, tough loss for the Frogs. We'll see how they bounce back, and hopefully they can find a way to get more consistent, uh, especially scoring the basketball as we continue to push through the season. But we're we're down to the nitty-gritty here. We're almost to March, um, and there's still just some glaring thing, things though, that bar, are that are Bilt problems that have been problems all year. Uh, coming up uh, next, I want to continue Sam's talking. And if you're sitting there uh, and you're like, man, I made I a like commitment this year though. to be healthier, and it's almost the end of February, I haven't done it, I'm discouraged, please don't give up. And, you know, it, it's all about making better choices. Built Bar can be a better choice for you. Um, I frequently eat it for breakfast. And it's only you know 180 to 190 calories, uh, not too many carbs, not too much sugar, and it tastes good as well. I mean, they use real chocolate. It's not that cheap stuff that makes you feel like you're you you know you're getting something sweet, but it's not really. Um, this is good food. It's good for you. Builtbar.com slash locked on, and you can get a little discount on your next order, or uh, you can again check it out at Sam's Club. Uh, again, that's Builtbar.com slash locked on. Make some better choices today. Have Built Bar help you out. Built Bar, it's the best protein bar around, and we thank them for sponsoring us here at the Locked On Network. I want to talk about a TCU football note here in a moment. Before we do that, though, I do want to mention TCU men's tennis, back-to-back national champions at the indoor, the ITA indoor tournament. uh, Won this last year, 16-team tournament. Won it again this year. Defeated Texas on President's Day on Monday. uh, Won that four-zip. Got the doubles point won three singles matches and they end up taking down the horns took down Baylor this weekend as well so took down two big 12 foes and last year I remember this seemed to kind of come I mean not completely out of nowhere but I didn't get the impression that TCU was a favorite going into it and they went on a great run and they won this indoor title this season I feel like it was more expected and honestly I mean aside from the Kentucky match they really dominated this thing I mean the Baylor match they won handily and they just beaten Baylor on the outdoor courts um, I, I think the week before the indoor tournament, I took down Georgia. That Kentucky match was close, but then they won against Texas, won the doubles point in each match, um, did well in, in the singles matches. And I'm not like, listen, I'm not Mr. Tennis here. I'm just, I I, I know a little bit and I, I try to keep up with it. I will say though, uh, so Jack Pennington Jones, great name. He's one of TCU's players and He recently was ruled eligible um, to play. And so I think he got his first action against Baylor on the outdoor courts the week before the indoor tournament. And then he slowly kind of got going in the indoor tournament this week. But he won his singles matchup against Texas. And he was or is the top-rated juniors player in Britain, according to the ITF, the International Tennis Federation. And so this is a a game-changer. It's like they added – one of the best players in college tennis just in the middle of the season. So high expectations for David Roditi and his squad moving forward. They have not lost all year long. Um, They took down Texas, who took down number one seed Ohio State in the semifinal, and they win that ITA Indoor National Championship. Congratulations to those guys. Hopefully they can continue that throughout the rest of the outdoor season, and we'll definitely be watching them closely as they try to make a run at the final four. Um, Football note for you. I don't think I mentioned this last week, so I want to talk about it. Uh, J'Karia Spivey, tied in for TCU, transferred in from Mississippi State last year. Um, This season, you know, got some opportunities. Did have one touchdown catch against Iowa State, but down the stretch wasn't used a lot in the passing game. I also remember they used him in the – this is kind of random, but they used him in that Michigan game when they ran quarterback sneaks with Max Duggan. Um, they would have Spivey, like, go in motion, get behind him and push him, you know, push the pile forward. So that was a wrinkle. But didn't get used as much as I would have liked. You know, they didn't use the tight ends as, in, as much as I would like in general. But he's hit the transfer portal. And so there's an opportunity he could come back. But he's exploring his options. He's a grad transfer with, I believe, one more year of eligibility to play. Um, I think part of this is Jack Besh coming in. But I think mainly – this just stems from the fact that Jared Wiley uh, clearly kind of took the reins as the main pass-catching tight end as the year went on, and Spivey's looking for a chance to maybe go somewhere else and get some more targets, get some more opportunities. So best of luck to him. Um, also, they have a really good tight end in Lafayette Caraway, coming in in this 2023 class, even though I imagine he's not going to be a huge factor on the field this year. I-, I feel like this is mainly just because Wiley has clearly kind of taken the reins of the job. And I've said this before, I'd like to see them throw the ball over the middle of the field more this year. I think, obviously, Wiley can help you do that. And he became a red zone threat during the season, which was a nice wrinkle to of this offense. But you have JoJo Earl, you have John Paul Richardson, um, Jack Besh from LSU. So you got some guys who can go over in the slot or in that more inline tight end position and make plays. And I, I think Chandler Morris is the type of quarterback, the way he can distribute... The way he can make reads and process things quickly um, that that will be a big asset for them because I don't I don't know you know Max was had such a strong arm and they love taking those shots down the field and they just sort of gambled on the fact that if we hit a few of those you know if we hit a few of these throws each each week then they'll they'll turn into touchdowns on their own or they'll turn into big plays that then turn into touchdowns and of course Quentin Johnson had a huge um, Hand in that as well because he was just such a monster at winning those one on one battles, winning those 50 50 balls, going up and making catches in traffic. But I don't think you'll have, you know, as much of that at the outside receiver position this year. So probably we'll move some of those throws, some of those targets more to the middle of the field. Um, and Spivey, maybe he just didn't see himself being a part of that as much as some other guys. And so he's going to explore his options uh, and maybe he ends up coming back. But feels like he's probably going to move on and go somewhere else and best of luck to him that's college football i mean the team has has really weathered the storm i think you'll probably see some guys leave after spring ball just because that's the cost of doing business but for the most part everyone that's left has been more of a depth piece and they've obviously added a lot of great players in the portal um throughout the offseason as well so feeling pretty good about the roster additions and the lack of attrition as we sit here um coming up on you know the spring the spring uh, session starting for TCU football and that roster looking pretty good at the moment but Spivey can you know, hit the transfer portal and see maybe what his other options are moving forward outside of TCU football. Uh, when we come back we'll wrap things up before we do that though I do want to talk about LinkedIn LinkedIn jobs if you're hiring if you need to hire somebody if you need talent on your team, Go to linkedin.com slash locked on. You can use their hiring frame to post your job. Obviously, you're going to get a a big, wide, you know, nest, a big, wide net of people that you can cast to with LinkedIn because it is the premier uh, job finding sites where everybody goes when they need to find work. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college if you want to use that purple hiring frame. Again, that's linkedin.com. Use it today. They have simple screening questions and other tools. That will make the job search easier and will help you narrow things down. LinkedIn.com, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. All right, final thing for you. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk some TCU football, and we'll also dig into baseball a little bit. Frogs sit at 8th in the D1 baseball poll, jumped up seven spots after going 2-1 and one against uh, winning those games against Vandy in Arkansas and then dropping that game to Mizzou. And so they take on U, uh, UTA in their home opener, Wednesday night, so we'll discuss that and more on Locked On Horn Frogs. It's your team every day.